Welcome to SCGA Off the Hazel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Hey, and welcome back to SCGA Off the Hazel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by Biff Lathrop. What's up, Biff? Not a whole lot. Good day, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Yep, beautiful Monday morning. It is Monday morning, another day of the week. We're ready to start it off. Um, Got a good episode today. Yeah. Looking forward to it. But before we get to that, a couple things we've done over the last uh, two weeks since we've last got together. We we had our our 40-plus series at Carolina Country Club um, back a couple weeks ago on October the 11th and had had 81 players, you know, our 40-plus series. we got to be over 40. We have a 40 40 to 54 year old division and 55 senior division and a super senior division and in our tournament division Yancey Johnson took a victory after a chip off he's been winning 40 plus tournaments for every bit of 14 to 15 years now a long time 13 to 14 years long time and you know the funny thing is and this is golf yeah and I don't remember where he was the day before but he that our, our 40 plus event was on that Monday the day before he was at an event it might have been one of ours and he shot a ton. I mean, a ton. Okay. And turns around the next very next day and shoots some 72 and beats Max Fain in a chip-off to win the whole thing. Max so, Fain's been winning stuff since yep. 2006 or Max Fain's been around a long time. And uh, in our senior division, Ronald Pruitt shot him a little 270 uh, out of Spartanburg. He's he's good player up there. And, again, my boy Mike Calkins took him another, wow. another title, super senior. He's a super senior Son of a gun, I he's, tell you. He's going to ask for two exemptions to your tournament of champions, no, probably. No, no, if I can get him down there. He's he's experienced a lot of those tournament of champions where it's, uh, you know, 38 yeah. degrees and a little wind, and it, I, I'm not sure he's going to do that again. But, yeah, yeah Colt, Colt got him a, a, a champion, a chip in the super senior division at 73 with score 73, so we're excited for him. Um, very next day we turned around. We had our super senior championship at Florence Country Club. Uh, My boy Walter Odeon. Yes, sir. Yeah. Columbia Country Club. Uh, he's one of those pictures you got to say smile, Wally. Yeah. When he holds the trophy, but proud of him. He said it was. I asked him the next day. I said, "Was the golf course good?" He said, "Oh yeah." And yeah. I didn't expect him to say it was bad. You know. You know, Wally, man. I mean, he, he's great. He he went out there and he did his thing. I mean, he 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 played good. And those greens were slick, boy. And they Drew got him good again. I mean, you yeah. know how good they keep that place. There were some guys at Columbia. I guess he bogeyed 14, 15, 16. They said you were trying to give it away. Yeah. So. I I didn't I didn't I didn't know, I didn't see the very end of it with him, but uh, yeah. I knew he was excited about it, and he um he, he it was good good win for Wally. So yes, we, it we're was. excited for him again. Columbia Country Club representing so congrats wally good for them and uh and then and then the super senior division the legends division excuse me which is 70 and over um this guy's not not adverse to winning titles he's won our senior championship before he won the super senior championship before and now in the legends division mr mike weiner uh from down in the kiowa area he shot 71 74 for 145 total so so good for mike He's, he's a he's a player super nice guy quiet Yep, but he is a player. Yeah, he uh, he's one of my favorite stories. We we did a <laughs> we did press release for him when I did a press release for him at the senior championship at Chanticleer that he won, 
and he came from behind. He won. I mean, he was behind when he when he when he started the final round. He came from behind, and my title for that story was a wiener comes from behind to win. And boy, I was nervous as a tick putting it out there, but he absolutely loved it, dude. I mean, he he to this day he laughs. We laugh about it. So um, uh, anyhow, great guy, great great yeah. winner, great supporter. So we're we're excited for them. Thank you to Florence Country Club again for doing their thing, Super Senior Championship, the Harry Wilson Super Senior Championship. That's right, Harry um, Wilson. Long-time supporter of the South Carolina Golf Association, Mr. Mr. Wilson there. In fact, we were pallbearers at Mr. Wilson's funeral as the SCGA. Yeah, yep, yep. Harry was a long-time he's secretary forever for the SCGA. He was a, a course raider. He was a one-day director and just a – man, just a good dude. Yeah, he, he was. Just a really good dude. I, yeah. I love that guy. Um, but, yeah, we, we finished that up and then started very next very next three days later, Bobby Chapman at Spartanburg started. You know, the, again, we this is the first three-day event we did, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, golf course was fantastic. It was so good up there. And the greens, I think the greens were rolling just over 13 or so. It had slow play up a little bit. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. You get some 13 greens and out this- there. They put some hole locations that they're not easy. I mean, they yeah. Our our man, Mr. Pat Crowley, is in charge of hole locations out there, and Pat does a really good job. But he he makes you work for it. Um, I watched a kid on number six, that long par three, two two hundred and twenty yeah. something yards. <laughs> Pat had that thing jacked in the back left, and his poor kid hit it. I mean, almost made it hole in one. Just rolled right off the fringe, and he putted it up there towards it, and it rolled right off the front of the green. I mean, mm. it was brutal, brutal. But it wasn't unfair. He used can't miss it long. You can miss it right or left or short, but you can't miss it long. Right. Um, but anyhow, uh, young man Caleb Surratt yeah. out of North Carolina, uh, 66, 71, 66, 203, three-shot win player. Good for him. Um, South Carolina represented by Mr. Our, our, our lowest players represented by Mr. Tip Price and Walker Jennings. Uh, both finished tied for seventh and minus three. So. Yep. And I'm – I'm going to say I've known Tip since he was a youngster, okay? Yeah, yeah. I know you've known him since he was born. Yep. Knowing Tip when he was 10 to 12, watching him play in those events, even seeing him this summer at the Beth Daniel, I saw some pictures from the Bobby Chapman on the social media, and, man, he just looks like he grew up real quick. Oh, dude, he's tall. I sat there on the back porch with him and, and watched a couple of groups come through on number 18 in Spartanburg, and we were just chit-chatting. And I felt like I was talking to his dad. He's, he was giving me as much crap about anything about his like his dad does, who's Brian Price, who's on our board. And Brian and I grew up together, and, and I've watched Tip grow up. And uh, but I'm gonna tell you what, this, this, the Tip and, and all those kids. I mean, it, it's, the generation's different. I mean, when I went out there, you hit your golf ball and you found it and you hit it again, and you just kind of went about your business. What you know, these kids are thinking beyond that. They're they're looking at, at grain and they're looking at how how you know where the wind's blowing and all these things and. I mean, they're 14 and 15 years old, yeah. and I, I just it never dawned on me when I was that age. It's, you just hit it and hit it right. and hit it. Right. Um, we got a special group coming through here, and they're going to be really good. Uh, you know, and you got events like the Bobby Chapman at Spartanburg and what they do up there, and that board comes together, and they they're out there from the get go, from the beginning to the end, and um, you know, it, it's a it's a it, it takes an effort. It's a group effort. Yep. Our junior staff did a fantastic job. They had a fantastic weekend, so it was a uh, good for everybody. It was a good good event. Nice. Um, as that was going on, the SCGA was down on the coast, down at down at our favorite place, one of our favorite places, uh, uh, Daltal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the mixed team. Yeah, we played yeah. both golf golf courses. We've never done that before. We played Morgan River and we played the okay. Cotton Night course. Nice, Alan. They went and did a cart path project out there a couple years ago, and it's 
and then I was at Spartanburg, obviously, the day before with the Bobby Chapman and their cart paths of, you know, roots and yeah. uh, as you would expect. This cart path project they did down there is like driving on glass, brother. Really? It was the coolest thing in the world. The golf course was absolutely perfect. The weather was perfect. Um, the, the the golf was really good. In the, in the tournament division, the regular division, we had a brother-sister duo, and you know them, Miss Meredith Taylor and Donald Taylor. That's right. Uh, 67-70, 137. Now, mind you, the first day is a four ball. Okay. Second day is alternate, select drive alternate shot. And, and, and this crowd went out there and shot them a little 200 par on alternate shot. So At Daltall. That's at impressive. At Daltall. Yeah. So we played Morgan River for the four ball. We played Cotton Dyke for the alternate shot. And in the senior division, Miss Pam Prescott and Mike Rogers, listen, these scores, 65 68 alternate shot for 133 total victory. Well, let's also say that Pam was looking for a partner. Pam didn't have a partner up until like a week prior to. She got a good one. She got her. Some, something happened with her normal partner that he couldn't make it. David League was supposed to play. Okay. And David League might have been replaced now. He might not ever yeah. make it back. Well, with they got to go defend. Right? You got to go defend. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, what, what a great what a great event. Great place. Great facility. If you've never been to Daltall, Go check it out. I, I think Pam even said something about maybe maybe going to buying a house down there and moving down there. Good so for her. It's a it's a good place. You don't you don't just happen by it. You got to be going. But it's right outside of Beaufort, and yeah. it's a great thirty six hole facility. Yeah. Um, everything else you want in a, in a golf club too. So it's been a it was a crazy week. That was a busy week we had. Um, got done with it. Got us a little break, and then we're coming up. Uh, you know, we're, we're, right now we're getting ready. Our, our guys are getting ready to go to the fall challenge. We got the fall challenge at Sherall State Park. At the time of this recording, yeah. By yeah, the time, time it comes out, it will conclude. That's right. We just finished it up, so we'd be, we 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 just gotten done with the fall challenge. And and Sherall, uh, understand the golf course is fantastic. Uh, this is the boys' event up yeah. there, so it's we we separated them, and then. Next weekend, when we actually the upcoming weekend, November sixth and seventh, we're gonna have the fall challenge, the girls' events at Stony Point. Um, yep. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting up there. You know, giving everybody an opportunity. It, when we when we try to put them together, it's, it's too many kids. There's not enough daylight. You can't get it all done. So we made the decision. We're gonna split it up. Uh, that way, we can take as many boys as we can possibly get in there. We can take as many girls as we can possibly get, and everybody can have a good good two days of it. So. Yep. And unfortunately, still probably turned some away. At least. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's gotten to that point, man. I mean, it's just there's so many kids, there's so much, uh, you know, so much interest in the game, and, and it's a great problem to have. Yep. But, you know, we, we hate turning away anybody, but we, we're trying everything we can to make it work yeah. and adding events. You know, again, this fall series event that we're doing um, to the exactly. Junior Golf Association, you know, that that's an opportunity for these kids to go compete. And we got another one set up at Stony Point now. We got one coming up in December at the Fort, yep, Fort Jackson. Fort Jackson. Um, so, you know, go to scjga.org. All of our tournaments are listed there. If you if you got any interest, kids, if you want to get interested in, in, in getting involved, we'd love to have you involved. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we got that going. And then the very next day after that girls is done, we've got the 40-plus at Camden. Uh, this is going to be a two-man event. Good. Camden. It should be. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's, it's Camden. But I, I tell you, man, I'm, I'm looking forward. I, Nick Price is out there. The superintendent out there has been out there for, what, two two years now? Yeah. Done a fantastic he job. He has. He has, man. All I hear is good things about it. I've seen it a couple of times. He's really done good. He's he's proud of it. Yeah. Um. He wants to show it off, and and I'm good for him. And uh, we, you know, we're excited about having that out. We got a senior four ball going out there next year for for at Camden. I think they got some new irrigation going in. That's what I heard. We got an irrig- irrigation project coming up. Yeah. So they'll have they'll have grass in places they've never had grass before. No. Um. So yeah, we're excited about that. Getting that going, and and you know. 
kind of maybe catching our, our breath a little bit. Uh, we get in the middle of November and kind of, kind of, if that's a slowdown session, that might be it. We still got a few more events to get through the year, but um, you can find all of our events on the Maya CGA app. You can go through there and find out all the results. You can register for tournaments. You can go in there and post scores and keep up with all the SCGA news. Everything I've told you about is on that app, and uh, it's free for Apple and Android users. So please go check it out and see what's coming up down the line. Yep. Do not forget my SCGA app. My SCGA app. Yep. So let's, let's settle an argument. The first family in golf. Huh. Is it Lathrop or is it Ford? It ain't Lathrop, brother. I can tell you that. Ford, <laughs> South Carolina golf. Ford's came a lot sooner than the Lathrop's. Did. I know. I'm just messing we, with we, you. The Lathrop's were allowed to do what we did because of the Ford's, most likely. So there's, uh, a, there's an argument be, be, to be made. But. Well, it's it's not. I don't believe so. I think the Ford's win hands down. But they uh they are. You know, did, did you hear Frank Ford, who just came off a of hip surgery, and is gosh. Mr. Ford might be, I hate to say this, might be, was he 70 years old? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. He, well, he just, he just lost to Zach Adams in the club championship. Yes, yes last in, year. In match play. I mean, this was yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Zach was, oh, was oh yeah, I mean, just recently. Wow. So this is the man we've got coming up this, that we're getting ready to hear from. He's Some, a legend. Something I, we didn't mention on the interview, but I'm proud to say is when Rowan Sullivan won your junior championship, yep. Frank reached out to him and offered to buy him a steak dinner at a very nice restaurant. Yep. And I think they had done that, but I forgot, neglected to ask that day. So Well, and that's the kind of guy Mr. Ford is. I mean, he he's the, he is a truest when it becomes golf. He loves golf. He loves everything about it. He loves to play it. He loves to be involved. He loves Country Club of Charleston, obviously. Yeah. Um, but – Man, I, he just—he was—he was a good talk. I really enjoyed talking to him and hearing what he had to say and, and the history behind what he does and his grandfather did and and what his father would have done and right. and you know his brother plays. So I mean, it, it's just a—it's a family affair. Cords, his yeah. son, past president of the Country Club of Charleston. So I mean, it's just—it just goes down the line. Here you go, Frank Ford. The Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs. Offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058. We are delighted to be joined by Mr. Frank Ford III. Thank you, Mr. Ford, for joining us here. Thanks, Al. Appreciate at, it. Glad to be here. At your home course of the Country Club of Charleston. Born and raised here? Born and raised. How's it changed over the years? Wow. <laughs> well, we could be here a while. <laughs> you know, it's changed, it's changed a lot, but then it hasn't changed much. You know, the, the first thing I'd say about the golf course, which I think holds it up over time, is um, you know we've 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 taken good care of it, especially the rectangles that Seth Rayner built, and we maintained those all through the the war years, which is where we lost a lot on the golf course because they just could not maintain it. Okay. Um, but the golf course the layout um, is it's virtually the same layout. You know we've lengthened it a little bit, but so I think it, it it's it's stepped up to the times. Um, maybe we've fallen behind a little bit the last ten years with what's going on but you know we, we're we're continually working on the golf course oh uh, you got construction going on right now yeah actually we we were kind of racing you to the to the finish line here <laughs> for the tournament this week we were a little bit nervous but the, the, the guys i've never seen a group of people work so hard yeah. to try to get it ready they had all kinds of issues with what's going on in the economy can't get supplies could right. not get sand dirt grass 
and spray to do these better billy bunkers. Yeah, okay. Uh, but they they got it done for the kids. I just got a little tour of the course. Alan was riding me around. I mean, it looks fantastic what they've done and the new the new changes on there and uh, finishing up number ten, I guess, trying to button it up. But uh, it it really good, really good. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a huge improvement and everything that we're doing is historically notable we can go point to a picture on a piece of paper that it was either part of a plan that wasn't built or it was built which is interesting um so yeah that's where we are well we had the pleasure of interviewing bill smunk and he told us about the time he made a nine on 11 give our listeners tell them how to play number 11 here (laughs) i um I was given credit for having always laid up on number 11 because one year that I won the Azalea, probably 86, we had that southwest wind blowing, and it just never stopped. And, you know, back then, the 180-yard shot was a three-iron, yeah. and the wind was blowing, so it was a it was a two-iron, and there's no way in the world you can hit a two-iron on that green. Right. So I laid up four days in a row. I made – three threes and one four and i won by four or five shots wow and um so a lot of my friends have forever called me some rather um (laughs) (laughs) innocuous names we'll we'll let let them lay today since this is public but um (laughs) they gave me a hard time about it but guess what i won the guy i was about to say you got the last laugh how many times you win the azalea i've won it six times six times didn't you did you take a break one time so somebody else could win it, or was that <laughs> something else? Because I think we saw the men's club championship sign down there, too. You got your name on there a few times yeah, as well. I, I, I didn't play in the club championship for a while, okay. um, you know, because as much because I had stepped out, was playing in other golf tournaments, and it coincided a lot of times with the South Carolina match play, for instance. Right. And then then they turned it around and played it at the end of the year, and I and I played in the U.S. Amateur six or eight times in a row almost. And so I missed a bunch of club championships, um, which, you know, that's fine. If, if my math is correct, and it probably isn't, it's not my strong suit, but there's been 80 years of Fords at the club championship here that from when the first time your grandfather won it, probably to when the last time you've won it. It was about 80-year span. Yeah, I think that's right. It might even be longer than that if you go back because my great-grandmother – who was my grandfather's mother? Okay, she won the ladies' championship. Really? So, there you go. You know, it might even go back a hundred years. I, wow. I, I'd, I'd have to go look at that. That's a little tidbit I don't know, but I'll bet you she did. Yeah. So, so golf has been the Ford family, part of the Ford family forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, I think so. Uh, my grandfather was really raised in his younger days in Somerville, and he was taught by the caddies at the old what we call the George Myler golf course for many years, which I think they've changed that name now. Yeah. And he learned to, to swing in the backyard and the caddies taught him. And, um, you know, the Grenades golf swing looked like that. He had, he had that old classic caddy dip that, yeah. <laughs> that, that you saw was how he swung. He had a beautiful golf swing, but had that classic little dip when he hit the ball. And obviously he was a great player and uh, that's where he learned. And, and then when, my grand, great-grandmother moved downtown, into town from Somerville. Um, they joined the country club. So and she was a pretty good player, too. Yeah. So it it might be 100 years that's, with, that's it, amazing. with her championships, possibly. Is Cords a member here? Does he live in Charleston? He does, yes. Okay. Cords was the president? Was he the president? Yeah, he's been um, president just in the last recent years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. He, he just stepped out of the 
out of the chairs and out of the out of the seats. So I think he's kind of happy. Uh, I'm glad to have that behind him. Right. He's got enough game. He can keep putting Ford names on that plaque. Well, you know what's impressive? I mean, you can be part of a family that's in golf. I'm part of a family that's in golf. My father was a really good player. He won the amateur in 68. Uh, I, unfortunately, could not carry that stick <laughs> on, but I have come into the other side of it. But, but to have from generations and generations of your family to have success at the competitive level is, is pretty pretty darn incredible. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it's um, – you know, there was never pressure on me to play golf, but – you know, I love my dad, and we and he liked to play, and and I would that's how I'd get up and go with him, and you know we would hunt in the wintertime and then play golf, and um, so you you learned it naturally. Right. You know, my grandfather didn't play with us that much growing up. He he, he kind of he didn't have the patience for somebody that couldn't <laughs> hit it, and, um, and that's not a knock, but that just was the way he was. But um, but yeah, we we grew up playing golf. My mom was a big help, and and I've said it many times before. My my grandmother, uh, Betsy Ford. Um, probably taught me as much or more about golf early on as anybody in the family. Right. And then Al Esposito, you know, got his hands on us and, and taught us some of the good basics. Tell us a little bit about Al Esposito. Cause this tournament we're at, we're currently we're currently doing this podcast during the Beth Daniel Jr. Azalea, um, which we do every year. This is the first time we're going to do a three-day event. But it used to be the Al Esposito Jr., I believe. That's correct. And he was a longtime pro here for however many years? Yeah, he was hired right after World War II. So sometime in 46, 47, and he was a pro into the late 60s, early 70s, and he was my professional who taught me, and he was a Ben Hogan protege. He wore the same little, um, you know, brimmed hat, hat that Mr. Yep. Hogan wore, and he always dressed impeccably. He was a class man and a gentleman, and um, and he he had a great understanding of a golf swing, and um he taught me how to grip the golf club and, and how to stand up to it. And, and I think that was a, a basic that you really need to have That's early, great. early on. And I loved Al. He was, a, he was a wonderful person. It's a great, it's a good story. I've got my good friends in Atlanta, the Yates family, um, who I played a lot of golf with, Danny, and his dad, who was really a good player too. I got to know them when I was in Georgia running the golf association. Um, he told me one day, he said, you know, I'm responsible for – for getting y'all your golf professional in 1946. He says, <laughs> my job in the Army was mustering out soldiers from the war effort, and, and this, this young man came in front of me in Asheville, North Carolina. We were at Biltmore Country Club, and they were that's where they were doing all this work with with soldiers coming back. And, and he asked this one kid, Mr. Esposito, he says, what do you want to do? He says, well, I want to be a golf professional. He said, really? He says, well, I got some friends down in Charleston. I can get you the job. Wow. <laughs> and that's how Alice Rosito got his job at the Country Club of Charleston, came from the Yates family in Atlanta. And became a legend here. And he became Country a legend. Club. Yes, he did. He started, look, he had a great junior program. He started this tournament. And, um, and this tournament, I don't know when Grant started Florence, but let's just say they started at about the same time. Yeah. And what a gift to the game those men gave us. Absolutely. They were uh, both of them. And then we know recently we lost Jackie Sewell, who was, who was a big part of a lot of juniors' lives, including mine, uh, through the years. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, to look back at those names and those individuals that were so important to, to, to not just teaching golf, but the golf industry itself. I mean, right. it's, it was a pretty, pretty incredible, fun to, fun to see and, and be a part of it towards the end of their days, at least for me, with Mr. Bennett and Mr. Sewell. So, right. Um, now, your junior 
golf? Did you? These kids can play in something every single day of the week yeah. if they want to. You only had a few options, I'm guessing, coming up to the junior pro. Yeah, golf. that's correct. It was the junior club championship. It was Al's tournament, and maybe you went to Florence, and maybe you went to play in the South Carolina Junior. Right. And it just depended. I think I only played in the South Carolina Junior twice as a kid. Um, didn't have that many options, and you know I grew up playing all the sports. Um, and football was predominant, of course, with most everybody. And, I mean, you started football August the 1st, and that was that for golf. But, you know, we went from football to basketball. I used to run a little bit of track because if you played football, the football coach made you run track. You know, try to get a little more speed out of me. That, that was hard to do. And, um, and, and then you play golf kind of in the middle of it. And so I didn't really concentrate on golf until – very late on it's kind of an interesting story I, I i was working for my father in the summertime and um and my job was moving bags of cement from from one end of the warehouse to the other which i'm they were just creating jobs and and i cut this awful stuff called expansion joint in the back of the yard where it was 145 degrees mm-hmm. and you were dying and and it's kind of embarrassing but i'll go ahead and tell it I developed a, a little problem. I had a had a hernia, right? And so went to the doctor, and this was my, I guess it was my junior, my junior summer. So thus the, the summer before my senior year, and I was going to be a big football star and everything. And the surgeon says, "Well, you know, I can get you ready for the first game, or second game, but I can't get you ready for the junior golf tournaments, which were the junior, you know, the Esposito." in the club championship and I had to make a decision you know sometime in whatever it was around the first of July of that summer so that would have been 69 and um, you want to do the surgery now and be ready for football do you want to put it off do it after and play golf and I chose to play the golf tournaments wow and um, and I won the junior championship and I actually had the lead in in the and the Esposito going into the last round. And there's a picture somewhere around here of myself and Oz Hillman and Gus Sylvan. Sylvan. Oh, wow. And, um, and we were in the last group. And um, and I I notably didn't pull it out <laughs> and um, you know, shot a you know, 77 probably. That's what you use to shoot when you're not quite ready. And, um, <laughs> and Oz won the tournament. But um, So I think I made a good decision yeah. for me. And, and I got into the football season about halfway through. Okay. Did you go play college golf anywhere? Yeah, I played at Furman. Furman. Yes, yeah. you played at Furman. Yeah, I played at Furman, and and I, I wasn't the best junior player, but I was mercurial. I could have good rounds, and if you had if you had two round tournament, I'd play one of them good, one of them bad. <laughs> and if it was fifty four holes, I'd play two rounds good, one of them bad. <laughs> so I could never complete a golf tournament. But um, but I had I had I had some promise, and I could hit the ball, and and I putted good, and um. Gary Meredith took me to Furman and, and kind of gave me a shot to play up there, and which I took. Great. Well, when did you learn to close out a golf tournament? Because there's no doubt you did learn at some point. Yeah, you to close figured it out sometime or another. Yeah, I, I did. Um, it took a while because I, I think, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't think you can go back in life and wish you had done, did something different. You know, you make decisions and you live with them. But I just didn't play enough golf tournaments. Yeah, experience. And, um, 
And when I got to farming, you know, I showed a lot of promise, and, and but I always had the ability to go out and make a bunch of birdies. And, and um, you know, we played our Southern Conference Championship at Country Club of South Carolina in 1973. I was a uh, junior. And um, and I played okay the first two rounds. I wasn't winning the tournament, but, you know, 75-ish, 74-ish, which back in those days was, you know, that was, that was okay. Uh, not great, not winning, but okay. But um, I teed it up that morning, and, and Coach said, all right, we need you to play good today. Well, I birdied seven out of the first nine holes. Wow. And um, I'm, I'd never done something like that in a golf tournament. And the team – caught on to it and we caught fire and we passed Appalachia State and won the championship. Nice, so nice. I kind of gave up a few on the back but still had a really good round and, and it's, it's one of my it's, my it's my first great memory of winning a big championship. That's great. Well, you've got. Do you have his list by chance? Do I have his list, Alan? I, I started writing this. I had, had to go to the back page of the yeah. paper. This man's once, and so I'm not going. I'm not going to name everything, Frank. There's no <laughs> way I could have found it. But I'm, on some of the highlights, um, and and not necessarily in order, but. The, the the South Carolina Amateur you won in '96 at Palmetto Hall. I was there for that one. I remember that one. Um, you won the, our Senior Am in 2011 at Wood Creek. Uh, Super Senior Championship. So you got those three trifectas uh, at Florence back in 2018. You got a Senior Four. You got a couple Senior Four balls in there with Bert Atkinson. You got a Players Four ball in there with Gus Sylvan. Uh, the Carolinas Am in '92, which is a big one. Uh, Carolina's four ball, you won it. Who was your partner? 85, 87, 90, and 92. Jimmy Burgess. Jimmy Burgess. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, um, Sweet swinging Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. We we went to the finals seven times in like nine or ten tries. Did you really? Which is unbelievable at, at Camden. And, and we were we were a hard team to beat for a while. Now, what I didn't go back and research, because it would take me forever, and, and USGA events, do you know how many USGA championships you've played in? I played in twenty five, I believe. See, wow. I knew I, I knew I didn't do that for yeah. a reason. <laughs> That'd take a while to find. Yeah, you've got the you played in. Do you can you, I, yeah, you I, played in? I, I can't remember exactly. I think right. I played ten or eleven U.S. Amateurs. I played only four or five mid ams. I think I'm up to six senior ams. Um, I played. I was named to the, the the team, the playing team for the team championship, three times. Uh, one time I had to pull out at the last minute. But, you know, I've made the team three times. Um, and then I'm, I'm leaving off the, the British Amateur stuff. I played over there. Another, I played, what, three British Ams, and I guess it's two British Senior Ams. Wow. So that, that takes me up to 30 of, of the major championships. And um, I never played the junior was the one I missed, um, which I just didn't. Yeah, just a different era. Yeah. Well, let me ask you because you, you got to you, and somebody in your situation. There's a lot of individuals out there like that. Um, but the 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 career long successful amateur player. Did you ever have aspirations of trying to go professional? Did you ever try to go professional? I never tried. Um, you know, it's it's, a, it's sort of a sad story in one sense in that. My game really developed at Furman. I, I was turning into a pretty good player, and I was hitting the ball far enough, and, and my scores were coming down. And, and my father um, did agree to let me play some golf while I started my work with him after school. Um, so it was, you know, it, it wasn't a cushy job in, in, in the sense that I was laid back and just playing golf, but <laughs> he was going to let me play some tournaments. And the idea was to develop and, um, and do some work on the game and, and then give it a try. Uh, but, you know, just what, 
11 days after I went to work for him, he was killed on the plane that crashed in Charlotte, yes. Eastern Flight 212. Yeah. And my world changed then. Yeah. yeah. You know, our whole family and the lives of, you know, 70 other families. Yeah. Um, so it just never happened after that um, for lots of reasons, which we don't need to go in here today. Sure. But it was, it was, it was, it wasn't sad for me, um, but, you know, some things just aren't meant to be. I think God had a plan and, 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 um, and that's what happened. Well, I know, speaking of Hap, and, and, and he had some success in, in the late 60s and early 70s just being a good player, and they'd, some folks tried to get him to go out there and do it, to, to get on that tour. And, you know, with, if, he'd, if he'd even gotten, come close to doing it with some physical ailments that he had come up after that, he, he wouldn't have been able to be out there for very long anyhow. Right. So things work out for a reason, I guess, in the long right. run. But Yeah, I think they do. I mean, you know, I was asked recently by somebody, who says, well, you think you could have played professional golf? And I said, well – I think given the scores that I've shot in tournaments that I've won through the years, I mean, I had the ability to shoot low scores. And, um, you know, I think I would have had a legitimate shot at, at playing professional golf once I really learned how to get through four rounds, right. you know, without, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Um, yeah, I think I probably had the game, uh, but I've never regretted that. Well, you, you, you just mentioned it earlier. I, th- I don't think a lot of people knew that you had a little stint as the executive director with the Georgia State Golf Association. Right. I, I did. didn't. I didn't realize that. I mean, I've known you for, and I, I mean, I learned it this past year, and that blew my mind. Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, we go back to what happened in September of '74. Um, I was working for Daddy, and and um, and it was pretty difficult with family and the family business, and. And it was so difficult that I decided that some things just aren't worth it. And um, at that point in time, the Carolinas Golf Association was looking to put somebody in South Carolina, to hire somebody in South Carolina. And this is a good story with HAP, you know, because we kind of started together. And, and back in those days, there was a there was a real competition right, between the right. two organizations. I mean, there still is. I think it's friendly. Back then, it wasn't always that friendly, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> sure. And, um, and so they hired me in my job working for Hale Van Hoy, who was like a second father to me in, in the long run, was to, to service golf in, in the Carolinas, in South Carolina, and obviously go to the tournaments and so forth. But we were only running, you know, 25% of the events that y'all are running now. And so very shortly thereafter, and Hap called me not too long ago, and he said, when – when were you hired to come down here to work for the Carolina? I said, I said, well, they hired me, and then they hired you to to trump that, and then we were out there running, running all around the state, you know, going to golf courses, and he would rate a golf course, and I'd go over there to rate one behind him. Oh my gosh! Oh god, it was it was it was something, man. And um, but you know, Hap and I had been friends forever anyway, uh-huh. and I can tell you that story too, um, in a second, but. You know that's how I got into the golf business, and I and I worked for Hale for, um, you know, from '75 until '79, and the job in Georgia came open, and I didn't think they'd hire a 27-year-old kid to go come to the state of Georgia to run their golf association, but they did, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I went to Georgia, you know, maybe not knowing that I wanted to make golf administration in my lifetime but right. I thought gee you got to take the opportunity and go do it and it's the greatest thing I ever did I think in, in in our lives for my family 
you know, we, we left Charleston. It was it was kind of difficult at home, you know, yeah. given some of what had gone on and some hard feelings. So we moved to Atlanta and lived there for almost five years, and, and I got to meet some of the greatest people I've ever met in golf, and the Yates family's one of them. And um, I learned that, um, you know, my record in the administrative end of the game, you know, led to my voluntary side. I learned pretty quickly that, you know, golf was a game I played up until 1974. Okay. But golf came, the real game of golf came and found me in 1975. And all of a sudden you learned what Hale Van Hoy was doing to run right. 10 or 12 golf tournaments and what you had to do. And then you met this great group of gentlemen at the time that loved the game so much that they were willing to be on the board of directors and what they did for us. And you had the same thing going on in South Carolina. Right. You've got you know great people that they love the game and they wanted to push the game and grow the game. And, and then I had the opportunity to go to Georgia and see that crowd of folks down there. It's the biggest state east of the Mississippi River. I've driven on every road <laughs> in Georgia. And I mean to tell you, you can drive for a long time. And, um, and they, gave me a, they gave me a little used um, Chrysler Volare. And that's what I drove all over wow. the state of Georgia for about two years. And, um, and I, Billy Peters, Pete Cox, you would know those names yes. from the, the Georgia junior yeah. matches. Great people. And, um, and these golf associations are they're all equal in my opinion. They do a great job. And we're just lucky to have folks like this that, that protect the game, push the game, and, and help guide us the right way. How long were you there? I'm sorry. About almost five years, four years. Okay. Did you enjoy it? I mean, I did enjoy it. Um, um, I enjoyed getting out and making my own way as a young man, you know, without the help of the family and right. and friends. I left Charleston. I mean, you just didn't do that. <laughs> Were you a rules guy? Back yes. Then? Okay. Yeah. So, so I was I was executive director. Right. But you Georgia. knew the rules. Good. I knew the rules and and um, and you know the. The only thing in my contract I, I asked for when I went over there, I said, I always want to qualify for the U.S. Amateur. And, and they, they gave that to me. So that was the only tournament <laughs> I could play. And, and I was trying to pull a P.J. Boatwright. Right. And, um, and so, you know, that was my, my, my gig over there was, was great. And um, we just, you know, we decided along the way that maybe we needed to do something different. Yeah. Um, I probably would have stayed in golf. I was young, and I would have stayed in golf had the USGA moved to Atlanta. Um, there was a big offer made by the city of Atlanta and, and that crowd down there to bring the USGA from Golf House Man. and come to Atlanta because of the expenses and to give the USGA um, you know, group, the, all the people that work for them, right. better places to play, better weather. Yeah. And... Um, it only took him fifty or to get to Pinehurst. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> and um, and they 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 voted at the the Masters, and I think it was eighty two, um, could have been eighty three. I'm not sure, but um, they voted to to stay, and I think that kind of sealed my future in golf a little bit. Um, I think it would have been a natural progression to go on. The tour wasn't quite what it is today. Not quite, by a long shot, yeah, it wasn't quite. Right. They didn't have bunch of rules guys out there but 
you know, you could have progressed on there. But, my, you know, I would have been better suited for the, the amateur side of the game and going to the USGA. And, you know, P.J. was a – you know, I, I learned I learned my golf from Hale Van Hoy and, and P.J. Boatwright. I had, you know, you know, eight or ten times where I got to work with P.J. And, of course, he was a South Carolina boy. Correct. And he was going to favor a South Carolina <laughs> boy. And he did. And, um, and so, I mean, how, how could you learn from – from weaker people they were just great right. no you're right and um but you know that brought me back and 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 the first thing you know you know Hale snatched me and got me on the executive committee of the, of the CGA and, and then you know my volunteer thing is kind of blossomed from there you talk about your volunteer and you mentioned Pete Cox I was just with Mr. Cox three weeks ago at our Georgia team matches and uh he's, his site's not as good as it used to be still driving but uh, it's not as good as it used to be but he um Asked him how old he was. He was 89 and a half. <laughs> and I, I realized, I guess after like 85 years, you could start throwing that a half year on there just like you were before you like six, you know, right. when you're five and a half. But <laughs> he and Hayward Sullivan were riding around in a golf cart together, and I did some quick math, and there was 175 years of, of, uh, of knowledge in that golf cart together riding around Greenville. So he's still kicking. He's still doing good. Well, well I'll tell you a story about Pete. Um, was he still driving that little blue Volkswagen? I think he actually rode up this time with somebody, but I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, in 1980, um, their committees were great. They, um, they would drive all over that big state to, to help run golf tournaments, and they knew how little help I had. And it was me and Shirley Seagraves in the office, who was another great lady. And um, so Pete came up to our office in, in Marietta and says, let me go down. I'm gonna, I'll paint this golf course down in Tifton for you. That'll, that'll save you some time. I said, gee. I appreciate it, Pete. That'd be great. So I went and got the paint. And so you got the yellow box, you got the green, you got red, you got white. And we packed it into the back of his little blue Volkswagen. Oh, wow. It was Carolina blue, baby blue. And um, gave him all the guns and everything. And he gets in. And I said, now, Pete, as long as you ride and everything's okay, but don't you park your car in some parking lot where it's 100 degrees because, you know, this stuff – will give you a problem he's all right all right all right and so i got down to tifton spring 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 hill golf club i pulled in and there was pete back of his car and it, and it looked like rainbow bright it, it looked there was rainbow <laughs> colors everywhere he said well frank he says I didn't listen to you too good. He says, and you were right. He says, all these cans of paint blew up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I've had one blow up in my car, and it is just done. There's nothing you can well, do. Not, did you mark the golf course that tournament? <laughs> no. I think somebody had to drive back to Atlanta <laughs> to yeah. get the paint. Yeah. So, uh, but Pete Cox is a great man, and he loved those juniors down there. And, and um, He still and, does, and he still wants to win, too, let me tell you, at 89 and a half well, years Pete old. Pete was a good player. Um, he was a good player, and, and, and he, he can shoot quail birds. As good as anybody. Is that right? Yes, sir. I'll be darned. If the limit was 12, he only needed 12. <laughs> How many times have you played Augusta National, do you think? I don't know. Too many. Too many to count. 20. Yeah. Yeah. What's your best round there? You ever had a good? 68. Good. good. Yeah. Man, yeah. nice. You know, it, it's um, – I think I shot that from the upper tees one day. That golf course is not that hard from the upper tees because you can get to all the par fives if you, if you play a good round. Um, you know, but you get on those back tees where it gets long and then and, – you know, maybe my best round there was a, 
I shot 73 one time when it was windy and played it all the way back. I, I remember birdie at 11. I had to hit two iron to 11. I remember that. Man, I just, I just realized I saw Jeff Knox on your Twitter account yesterday. Yeah, Jeff went in U.S. Senior Am at Condon River yesterday. I was happy to see Jeff qualify because he's had some bad luck qualifying for yeah, the senior. Yeah. So, he, and I think he's going to be with us at the Patriot on Thursday. we got a, we got the U.S. Mid-Am this, this, this coming up. Right Thursday also, so uh, Jeff's good players is a champion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He um. Is there any tournament you've only won once, or have you <laughs> won everything multiple times? No, I only won the state am once. Okay. Um, you know, I I um, that's that's kind of a funny story too. I think I can tell it now. I'm so old it doesn't matter. But um, I really had some bad luck in the state am. I, I came back and played in '84 or '5. Played at Wild Dunes, and you know. Bill Smunk, who yeah. was here with you earlier, yeah. you know, nipped me by a shot. I think oh, he told was. us he beat you like a drum. Oh, yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember hitting a really good shot down the left side of the 13th fairway that, that that I normally hit a cut. This ball hit it so good it didn't cut, and it caught a bad break, kicked left, got down in some bad stuff, and ended up, you know, making a seven, I think, and, and ended up losing by a shot to him. And then um, – Larry Penley just was so good at, at the Dunes Club, and that was another one I played good in. And I got a letter. Um, I got a letter. I, I will not tell you who the letter came from. You know him well. Um, and somewhere, I guess it was after I won the amateur, and I was 44 years old when I won it. And um, it said, congratulations, Frank. You, I'm glad you finally won this championship. He says, I want you to know I've been keeping up with your record. He says, you've been the low amateur in the state amateur six times wow and i and i said what's he talking about so i called him he said he said well, i just don't think these reinstated golf pros should be allowed to <laughs> oh, play <laughs> oh, oh, i was trying to figure i'll be darned that's and, great um, and, and i always i always laughed at that and uh, of course i had no Low problem amateur. with it at all but um but i was i was mighty happy to win that well let me tell you i i remember that was in 92 um that was one of my first i, I wasn't on uh, wasn't on staff i was I was being volunteered by my father and um we had weather delays out the wazoo i remember i mean but this is before phones I always think about this before phones when you have weather delays now everybody gets on that phone and messes around then you just sat there and talked to each other and waited for the you know when you can go out but uh we we were faxing results at that time and i remember faxing the results of that event like at 11 o'clock at night we'd had so many weather delays trying right. to get that thing done but yeah, that right. was a uh, palmetto hall palmetto hall, palmetto hall the, yep. the hills course. the hills course at palmetto yeah. hall and that was um, that was obviously one of my my best wins, and it came very very late. Um, I'll never forget that event because you know um, I guess we can talk about it. Um, I went down there, and it played very well in the Southern Amateur, and it was hitting the ball good. I was struggling with my putter, and um, so we go down to this golf course. I couldn't play a practice round, and I ended up shooting 76 or seven in the first round. And I putted atrociously, and um, and I had a bad score on 18, which was a very difficult hole. Yep. And um, I think I made a double bogey, and so it was a very disappointing round. And I didn't tee off until late on Friday, and I promise you that morning I woke up, and and I putted on the rug in the hotel room. I'm sure lots of golfers have done this before, but I just I just wasn't feeling it, and I I ended I kind of developed this rocking action with my elbows poking out and I made my mind up I said well I can't punt any worse right. <laughs> and I'm going to go 
that's what I'm going to go do. I hit 15 greens the day before wow. and shot 77 or six. <laughs> and so I go out there. I didn't putt great, but I didn't have any three putts. I shot 70, and I probably hit 18 greens. I mean, I really – it's probably the best ball-hitting tournament I ever had. I used to keep up with all those stats. but And then the next day I went out and shot 66, got in the last group, and, um, and shot 68 in the last round. Do you remember you played with in that last group? I, I do. I played with Walter Todd and Duke Delcher. Yep. Duke wow. Delcher. That's yep. a good good duo. Yeah, Duke, great player, Walker Cup player. He moved to South Carolina. Duke was leading, and and he he played great. He really did. Um, he looked like he was going to be the guy to beat, but I just I hung in there really good. And, um, you know, a, co- a competitive story. We got on 17. I'm one down. And Duke knocked it on the green and two-putted, and I hit it close. I hit it about 10 or 12 feet, but I was above the hole. And I hit this putt, and I'm trying to make it, and I didn't make it. went right over the high side and rolled by about four and a half, five feet. And um, which, that was okay because you were behind. But I had to make that putt to tee off first right. on 18, and I made the putt. And, um, and I got on that 18th tee, and I not played that hole good and had that bad memory of, of Thursday. And um, and I just, I truly just turned it over to to the Lord there, literally. I said, <laughs> okay, I'm closing my eyes. I'm going to hit this thing as hard as I can. And I hit a great drive. And Duke hits it right, and he had to chip out. And, and unfortunately, he hit his, his third shot in the water. Yeah. And, and I'd hit a five iron about six feet. I hit two great shots. That's great. That's yeah. great. One more thing I remember about that tournament. That was also when they were building the the toll road from the mainland over yeah. to the you know, and all you could hear they were pounding those. They were putting those, those columns into the, you know, you just constant day after day, doom, doom. I mean, just <laughs> pounding those things in for days and days and days. I so. want to ask you about the USGA here, yep. the women's amateur in what year was that? Sixteen, seventeen? That, that was thirteen. 13. Two thousand thirteen. Wow, was it that long? Yep. Yeah. And then the women's open in yep. nineteen. In nineteen, how'd that come to? Well, um, you know, Rob Wilson was the president of the club here, and sometime around two thousand eight or nine, I had to go back and look at it. And we had just redone the golf course and and restored it, and um, it was so everything was modern. And he asked me if I thought we could hold a USGA event here. I said absolutely. Um, I think this golf course has been underrated. I still think it's underrated dramatically. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I don't pay attention to all these ratings that I see. Um, because of if you, if you go back to history and look at the scores in the Azalea and the people who played and who won, and, and, and when you see, you know, the Harvey Wards and the Billy Joe Pattons and, you know, Dick Sitteroffs, the world winning this tournament through the years and the scores they shot, you know, par was always a good score. You know, up until the last few years, and it's really, you know, gotten caught up to. But – I said, yes. And he, he says, well, can, how do we do that? I said, well, if you cut me loose, I'll get it done. <laughs> and so Obviously he cut they me did. loose. Yeah. And so we, did, we went through the process. And long story short was that we, we earned the, the amateur. And, um, but I got a call from the USGA, and, and they said this was in late in 2011. And they said, look, we, we want you to host the amateur, and you've got – two choices and the first one would be to do it I forget now 2016 or 17 he says but we would like you to think about having it in 2013 so basically just less than two or just just over two years at that time I said 
whoa. <laughs> I said, that's a big tournament to get ready for in two years. And, um, and I said, let me think about it. Let me talk to the people here. And I remember now, this was actually in the, this was actually in the winter, late winter, early spring of uh, 2011 that this happened. And so the board voted to, to do it, and we told them we'd take it on. And so we signed that contract in June of that year. So we had a year and, you know, basically a year and a half to, to, to get ready. And we put it together, and the golf course was perfect because it had just been redone. And, you know, Paul Coulter had done a wonderful mm -hmm. job with that. And, um, and Hart, with his team of people, knew exactly what we needed. And, you know, we, we, um, we, we had just changed – club managers and Ron Gillette had just come in and Ron was like a like a deer in the headlights with the with the big event coming and you know we pulled it off and with the help of a lot of people but especially one person I like to mention you know a lady by the name of Kathy Beard um, Kathy was a young girl who came down here from Ohio to help run the Ryder Cup and and back in 91 and I got to know Kathy and Chris Cole and Greg French and those boys down there and um and, and Kathy, this was her especially running golf tournaments, and, and we hired Kathy to, to help me. And she knew everybody in Charleston to go hit the right buttons to help raise the money. And, I mean, she single-handedly put that side right. of the golf Because that's, that's a big for part of it. Oh, it's, it's a, a huge, huge part. Of it. It's a huge part of yeah. it. And, and it's, 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 yeah, it's and, not and just to coordinate with the USGA. And so we pulled it off, and we had a great championship and um, and everybody was happy, and there was some conversation that well we need to come back, and we were we were into it, and, yeah. um, and we said well we'll 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 do something, and um, the next year I guess it was um, in November the USGA uh, called us and said you know we're gonna have our executive committee meeting at Yangman's Hall. Okay, we would love to talk to you and 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 have you come and. Something got goofed up there, and they ended up having the meetings here. Huh. And so we had a cocktail party one night, and um, the president of the USGA, um, you know, came up to me at that party and says, "Well, when are you, we're waiting for your next ask. What What do you want?" <laughs> and I said, well, "It's kind of soon." And then I said, "We I'm not over the last one yet." <laughs> and um, and so um, he says, "Well, we think we'd." we'd like for you to host the women's open and that's how it happened and um, it was a great event and it, it was fantastic yeah and, how um, much how much different i know the u.s amateur is big how much bigger is the u.s women's open i mean just oh, it's a whole another factor, whole another level right yeah by a factor of 10 times if you just measure the crowds you have for instance right. and um and the effort that they put into it the thing that was different about it is how the usga ran the tournaments we ran the women's amateur we did everything. They showed up and they they ran the tournaments like you do most of your yep, events. Yep. They showed up in town with a team of people um, telling on you the what you want to do, and they told me what to do. Right. Exactly right. right. And and you know part of that was good too because it went back to my CGA days. The girl that led that team was a girl named Allison Lee. I remember Allison. And Allison was just a wonderful, smart young girl who had gone to Winthrop. She played in all the, the CGA junior stuff, which is the Tiger now. And um, her father was a golf professional. And uh, she went to St. Andrews for her master's degree in sports management. Wow. And, and so here, here our Carolina girl was, 
you know, coming in to help us run this championship. And so, I mean, the whole thing came together. Was just You awesome. know, a small example, I know a lot of things went on during that U.S. Women's Open, but I, I always think about think, this particular example that things that people don't realize and how what happens behind closed doors or, or, or at night was the tree that got struck. Tell us a little bit Man. about that, that story there, because I know that was a lot of, there's a lot happened real fast. Yeah, it was. Um, that tree, um, we're sitting about, what, 175 yards from yeah. where that tree was. Yep. I was in the Fox station over to the left of number one, their main booth, and I was getting ready to be interviewed by Shane Bacon and Brad Faxon. And, you know, that, it was kind of a homer job because Brad was a farming guy. And yeah. So he's taking nice. care of the farming people. <laughs> and, um, and we were sitting there, and, and I was watching my phone with this storm. We had a rain delay going on um, or, or lightning weather delay. We had no rain, and there was a little bit of lightning, but not much. It was away from us. And um, it seemingly passed. I remember going out looking in blue sky, and I sat back down. And the next thing you know, I'm looking. I literally was looking out the window at that tree, and I saw the lightning hit the tree. It, that tree exploded Mm -hmm. and um shane bacon i swear he jumped that high out of his chair the 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 noise was so loud and faxon was on his hands and his knees and and i said i said they're coming for us boys (laughs) (laughs) beth Beth daniel told the story uh how it was either julie inkster i think it was julie inkster asked her about and beth said don't worry if it's coming that way we're we're fine we're good it's gone and then boom well you know i'm gonna give the usga credit um their system we had you know this Thorgard system but we didn't have it just on top of the club it was in seven different places all around the metro charleston area so we're measuring storms you know 10 miles away right, right. so that you got a little bit of a head start i mean these boys think about everything sure okay and they lost a person in a golf tournament hazeltine you know 40 or 50 years ago and um and they kept us in the building kept the crowd off the golf course and i was talking to my wife and she was in the volunteer tent it was crammed full of people maybe two thousand people were wow. in there and they're getting antsy they want to get they out want to go it's not raining that which and, is and, the worst part it's not raining i told francis i said they've still got their highest weather alert on don't you leave if you if you if people want to leave then you can't stop them right but tell them that it's not safe and it wasn't 30 seconds after that. And that was that, right where it was. That, literally, that was 75 yards away from it. Exactly. That, I've got the still picture of that tree when it got hit, and I keep it on my phone. And we, like I said, the worst weather delay is when there's lightning in the area, but there's no rain. Every, right. Everybody wants to mill around, and you're trying to keep everybody in. That, and that's my that's my go-to when I say, listen, you, you want to see what can happen? 19 U.S. Women's Open. Well, that's exactly right. You know, the, the, re- the rest of the story, which I think you, uh, goes to what you right. were talking about, I literally ran across the first and 18th fairways. I was the first person to the tree. Matt Sawicki from the USGA was a close second, and the deputy police chief of Charleston was number three. And um, so we get there and we look at this tree, and it's still smoking. <laughs> and um, I mean, this light had just hit it, you know, within you know two minutes. And um, and I, I looked at her. I said, "Well, you know, we got a tree ordinance in Charleston, and you got to get all kinds of." authority to take a tree down and this tree split in half it's smoking and it's it's a danger and i said well you know would you it was 5 30 in right, the day in the when evening. it happened yep. 
And I said, I know most of your people down there drinking beer <laughs> by now. Their day is over, but we got to get the authority to take this tree out just in case that's what we need to do. And so the USGA had to make a decision whether to take it down. And they think about everything. They think about the politics. They think about, you know, what it looks like in the community to make every decision that they make. And, and they're, they are an extraordinary organization. And they, they had their own meeting, and then they came to us it's a club and says, if you feel comfortable, we would like for you to take this tree down. It's too much of a danger. That was our I-26 for the crowds, and we agreed to do it. And But I already had the people out there behind the right. tennis courts, and that tree was gone <laughs> <laughs> before you knew it. I mean, yeah. I mean you, because we're talking permits and all kinds of things, but it was kind of we kind of we had to we had to go quick quick on that one. So yeah, I, I would uh, you know, I'd put that up with anybody at Augusta National. We. We 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 uh, did those boys yeah. get rid of that tree. That's incredible. That's <laughs> yeah, incredible. I like that. Anything we left out that you want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, I could talk forever about golf in the Carolinas, and I love it so much. And uh, but I appreciate what you know the SCGA has meant to, to our family. And and um, you know, my grandfather was the president. My father was the president. Um, and I've been involved, you know, with HAP for years. Um, you know, our friendship started right here at the Country Club of Charleston. He came over from Hampton to play in the Alice Bezito. And that particular summer, I, I had some grade issues. And um, so I couldn't play. But <laughs> he picked up a caddy. I got the caddy. Did you really? Uh, for Hap. And, and Hap and Charles Lynch, you know, went went down to the wire in that tournament. And, and Charlie beat him. But, but, I, but I remember my stories with Hap and, and playing number 11 and, and, and how we how we did things and, and um, that's where our friendship really started and even through the years where we were competing heavily with each other there was always a friendly thing and um, and he, he's one of my dearest friends to this day and love him and, um, and and I've been helping with the you know the Hall of Fame which I love doing and yeah let's talk about it we can't go yeah we got it, we got it. I mean yeah. it, he, there's a lot of time and effort for those of you who don't know Frank along with all the other hats he wears is a the president of the South Carolina Golf Hall of Fame. And uh, I've gotten to work with Frank a couple times in the last three years and, and gotten to know more about the process. But um, you've done well. I mean, you, you're keeping everybody in check, and, and we yeah. get, we're getting it done. So, Well, I, you know, I think um, I think we decided, you know, when Grant turned it over to us, that we would try to do things you know, a little bit differently, look at look at things harder. And um, and I, f- I feel like it's worked really well. We've, we've, we've really – turn the process into a um a, a public process yeah. you know we're what we're asking for and this is an ask for people that are out there listening um if you feel like there's somebody that's worthy of consideration to be in the hall of fame for what they've done for golf in the state then you not you got to nominate this person so somebody has to feel good enough about a person to, to do some work yep and, and put this nomination together which requires getting a lot of information and and getting a lot of letters written and then it comes to our group, which is basically our Hall of Fame. We, you know, Hap and I and you now have been channeling some information that, that sometimes we don't think it needs to go all the way to the committee. And then we, we look at these records and we, we make a selection uh, through a two-step process. And, um, you know, we're, we're real excited about what, what we've done. And we've, we, we hated that we missed this year. Um, but you know Sherry Turner and Gary Shaw will be going in in January. Yep, yep. Um, two people that might not be as well known to some folks, but 
you know, Gary Shaw has done so much for golf in, in South Carolina and the Carolinas with his work with the, the, the PGA sections. Yeah. He elevated himself to the presidency. And um, and Gary has been a friend of mine since I was running one-day tournaments and, and do, being at Deer Track. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And, um, and Sherry, I went to school with Sherry in, at Furman, and um, she grew up on Paris Mountain and had an extraordinary career. And, and people don't realize how good a player Sherry was. And um, so, you know, th- these names floated up, and, and when you take a look at their resumes, you know, they just trumped yeah. a lot of people. Who, no- who nominated you? Do you remember? It was different back then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Grant Bennett nominated me. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's and, a good and, one. And, and Grant, you know, he loved the Hall of Fame. He loved the game of golf in South Carolina, and he ran it with an iron fist. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, when he asked me to take over the presidency for him, I said, Grant, I appreciate what you've done, but I might do it a little differently. He said, son, it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done well ever since my involvement in 2006, yep. attending those well, things. Yeah, and if, you, if anybody's ever out and driving through Irmo, if you want to come by the SCG offices, we have uh, all the all the Hall of Fame pictures up in our boardroom there. It's called right. the Hall of Fame room. And uh, you can see all those faces that have come through the years and a lot of a lot of influential people, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Good people. Well, sure. Mr. Ford, your, your family has been so important to golf, uh, to, to me, to my family, to South Carolina to Charleston particularly. Um, and I just want to thank you for everything you've done and been part of and, and to, to grow the game. You know, we, we always say it when Alan and I get on these things, you, it, it's, it's not one group of people doing one thing. It's all of us working together. And I think if you look at the results of what's come out of South Carolina, especially over the last 20, 20 years, I think, I think you've seen, seen that. No, I think that's exactly right. That's what I learned when I, I said earlier, you know, golf is a game I played to – there's a whole lot more to the game of golf yep. and it's the people that support it and that work for it professionally and work for it voluntarily and and the, you know the last thing i'm going to say um about it and and this might have been in a sense on, on in my volunteer roles through the years third round of the women's open um the last group came to the team i was sitting on the, the porch of our golf shop and i was looking down the first fairway and it was lined with people both sides and it was really hot that week and the crowd was walking and they were kicking up dust and it had the look of one of those old british amateurs yep. when you watched on, <laughs> yep. on british <laughs> opens that you watched on tv and i don't know how many people were there but i knew it was enough and it was really the top of, of my volunteers because yeah. we had put this thing on the local community supported it state supported it and we had a great championship, and it just shows you. I mean, there was thousands of people that had to help us do that. One guy couldn't do it. No, it's it's a team. It's yep. just like I said, everything we do, we just got done with our amateur at Debadu, and we couldn't have made it all happen without not only our team but the players and the staff at the club. Everybody coming together to make it happen, and right. uh, something as large as what you've done between the U.S. Women's Am and the U.S. Women's Open. Now it's it's a it's a team effort. Y'all Thank did, you. And y'all did a great job. Well, I appreciate it, Beth. Thank you for sitting down with yeah. us. We appreciate it. You keep doing what you do. I'll, I'm going to keep on. I might slow down a little bit. I, I might not be running any more golf tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Well deserved. Very good. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Ford. The Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs. 
offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058.